In this week's Parsha, Parsha's Bishalach, we learn about one of the greatest and most tremendous miracles of all time, and the miracle of the splitting of the sea, Kriyas Yamsuf, which was followed by the Jewish people singing the famous song, which we say every day in our davening, Az Yashir, the song where they sang thanks to Hashem for this tremendous miracle. And this really is so central that this Shabbos is called Shabbos Shira, the Shabbos of song, um, remembering that great song that the Jewish people sang at that pivotal time in history. Now, right after the story of Kiryas Yamsu, the splitting of the sea and the singing of the song, the Pasuk says, Vayasa Moshe es Yisrael miyamsuf. Moshe, Rabbeinu, made the Jewish people travel, leave the Yamsuf and move on in their journey towards Har Sinai, where they were going to receive the Torah. But the grammar of the word Vayasa would indicate not just that they traveled, but that Moshe, in a sense, had to force them, had to coerce them to travel, to move on to the next step. And our sages comment on this and say that that's indeed what happened. Hisiyon Balkorchon, Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, we got to leave, and he makes them, he forces them, so to speak, to move on in their journey. And the question is, why? Um, why did they have to be, you know, pushed on? Why didn't they want to go on? In fact, they knew all along that their, their destination is to receive the Torah at Har Sinai. And it's interesting that we find two uh, commentaries to this. One comment, or one commentary is, that the reason is because they were so involved with um, gathering all of the spoils that they received there at the sea. We know that when the Jewish people left Mitzrayim, they left with a tremendous amount of wealth um, from Mitzrayim. But our sages tell us that the wealth that they took with themselves when they left Mitzrayim was small in comparison to what they received at the sea. Because when the Egyptians chased after them with their chariots and their wagons and their horses, they were adorned with all types of rubies and diamonds and emeralds, and that there was a tremendous amount of wealth to be had, to be collected by the sea. So therefore the commentary says, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu had to move them on, because they were busy, they were looking for wealth, they were looking for diamonds, they were looking for the wealth of the Egyptians that they found there at the sea. That's one, com- one, one way of explaining it. Another commentary says, that it was because of the tremendous divine revelation that they experienced by the sea. Um, we're told that by the splitting of the sea, there was this tremendous revelation of the divine, so much so that everyone was able to point to divinity and say, Zechali, this is my God. They were able to have a sense, excuse, excuse me, a sense of, of seeing divinity. And because it was such a divine and holy and sublime experience, they didn't want to leave the sea. And Moshe had to push them onward. And these are the two commentaries. So one commentary says Moshe has to push them onward because they're involved in gathering the spoils, the wealth of the Egyptians. And one says it's because they, um, they were so enamored and taken by the spiritual and divine revelation that they were experiencing. Now seemingly, these are very opposite um, explanations. One is focusing on the physical, that they were there amassing wealth. And that's why they had to be, you know, pulled along. And one says, because of the spiritual. They were enjoying the spiritual revelation. And the Rebbe explains that they're not so far one from the other. Because even the fact that they were involved in amassing the physical wealth was the fulfillment of a mitzvah of Hashem. Hashem told them, when they left Mitzrayim, when they left Egypt, um, to gather the wealth of the Egyptians. So if Hashem told them to gather the wealth of the Egyptians, this alone was a mitzvah. So it was also a mitzvah to gather that wealth, and especially according to the understanding of Hasidus and Kabbalah, that the gathering of the wealth has to do with the idea of purifying and elevating the holiness, the holy sparks that there was in this wealth, that it was there, they were mandated to take that along and make it holy, to, um, to elevate 
the wealth of the Egyptians and make that holy by bringing it along with them to the receiving of the Torah. So therefore, really, according to both explanations, we're talking about a spiritual endeavor. Whether it was the uh, appreciation of the spiritual revelation, or whether it was amassing and gathering the wealth of the Egyptians, the fulfillment of a mitzvah of Hashem, to elevate all of that wealth and bring it along with them. And yet, the Rebbe points out that we have here a very beautiful double lesson from this story. On the one hand, because they were involved in this mitzvah, Moshe Rabbeinu has to tell them it's time to leave. He has to force them to leave. The idea being that when we're involved in a mitzvah, when we're involved in something holy, we should be so involved in it that it's difficult for us to move on. Um, you know, there's two ways to do something. One can do something because they have to, or one can do something with full involvement and appreciation and enjoyment. So the first lesson from the story is that being that they were involved in the performance of a mitzvah, they were involved in a spiritual activity and something that Hashem told them to do, so they didn't want to leave. And that's the way we're supposed to do every mitzvah. Whatever it is, we do it with our full involvement, being fully engrossed, so that anywhere else we have to be, so to speak, slept away from it to do something else. That's one side of the lesson. But on the other side, the second part of the lesson is that though one is involved in a mitzvah, when it's time to move on, we have to move on. And we have to move on to the next mitzvah that's being told to us and the next commandment of Moshe Rabbeinu, or the Moshe Rabbeinus of the generations that are telling us what we're supposed to do next. And though it may be difficult initially to move away from what we were fully engrossed in, we have to jump in with both feet into the next step of what is asked and demanded of us. And to give a simple example, you have a person who's involved in Torah study or involved in prayer. And then they're told that there's someone out there that they have to help. So they have to, so though it's difficult to rip ourselves away, so to speak, from the Torah study that, we, that, we, that we're involved in and love, or the davening, but nevertheless, if now there's a need, and the need is to leave my Torah study, and go and do something for another person, whether it's physically, whether it's spiritually, whether it's to help another yid. So here, we have the double lesson. Yes, it should be difficult to leave part A, but on the other hand, we know, like Meshach Avena tells them, yes, you've done your mitzvah, it's time to move on to the next mitzvah. And the same vice versa, a person who's involved in their business work, which is being done for l'shem shemayim, for heavenly sake, and they're going, to get, they're going to use the money for tzedakah and so on and so forth, but then comes the time that they have to rip themselves away and go to shul and to daven, or to go to a Torah class and learn Torah, every person according to their abilities. So yes, in life, we do have to be fully involved and engrossed in the good things that we're doing, but we also have that flexibility to be able to understand that now it's time to move on, just as Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, yes, you've been doing a mitzvah, now we move on to the next step towards the giving of Torah, and we jump into that with our full energy and excitement as well. Have a wonderful Shabbos.